0: What's up? Hope you guys are having a great day today, and welcome back for another episode of the Matthew Spaziti Program, where we talk about entrepreneurship and economics. If you guys are joining me for the first time today, you know, uh, like like I just said, here we we tend to focus primarily on entrepreneurship and economics. Now, there's a lot of different things that fall under the uh, the guise or the category of entrepreneurship, such as uh, forex trading, investing, real estate investing, you know, becoming an internet entrepreneur, blogging vlogging on YouTube all kinds of stuff. I mean, it real re- in reality entrepreneurship is, you know, the idea of entrepreneurship in my mind is coming up with a product that other people want and that provides value to people. And then selling that product or service to them in hopes that it, it, it raises their living standard, hopes that it helps them to live a better life than they would without your product or service. And that's kind of the idea of entrepreneurship. And that's kind of the whole idea behind capitalism, really. You know, capitalism is based on this idea that I trade with you and you trade with me. The only reason we're trading is because it's mutually beneficial for us to do so. It benefits your life and it benefits my life. Sure, there are absolutely times where someone trades with another person and it does not end up benefiting their life whatsoever. And it, you know they get scammed or things of that nature. That absolutely happens in a capitalist society. But unfortunately, that happens in any kind of society where trade is occurring. I mean, whether it's socialist or communistic, it doesn't really matter. If there is trade, there's going to be scammers. There's going to be people who are going to take advantage of other people. So it's really important for you guys to understand that, and it's really important for you guys to, in all honesty, just to just to understand that that's how the system works. That's ultimately life itself, right? That said, though, you know, to, in today's episode, I really wanted to talk about more on the economic side of the show. You know, um, guys, I, last time I, I talked a little bit about, well, actually not the last episode, but less episode before last, episode 36, I believe. Uh, 35, actually. It's episode 35. So uh, in episode 35, we talked about the banking crisis that's currently going on right now where banks are, are not lending loans. We, we talked about a Zero Hedge article that said it's, it's nearly impossible to, to get a loan and we transitioned into another article from Zero Hedge that basically stated that the Federal Reserve was you know creating an app and uh, basically trying to create an avenue. The, f- the federal government was going to allow them to do this, create an avenue that was going to let them, in effect, uh, you know, transfer money and, and print money and basically inject it straight into the average day consumer. You know, basically if uh, unemployment rate, rate rose to a certain point or if GDP was to decrease to a certain level or if the interest rates were to drop to a certain level, then basically they would activate these recession proof bonds these recession bonds or whatever that had zero interest rate that just paid in a lump sum and basically came to maturity whenever the the federal reserve wanted them to <clears throat> so whenever some kind of trigger occurred they were going to inject money straight into your bank account which would and then hope in the end that you would effectively go and spend that money there is a, a, funny, a funny story to all of that, and it's really counterintuitive to what the Fed actually believes will happen. And the truth is, is that in reality, if they actually ended up doing that, that isn't going to really happen a whole lot. Not during bad times. You see, what'll happen is when people are unwilling to spend, whether it's because of a virus or whether because they're lacking a job, you know, they're going to increase their savings and decrease their spending and this is and this will cause more or less a deflationary cycle as opposed to an inflationary cycle or at least this is a possibility i should have probably prefaced this that this is a possibility that this is go that this could happen where they could inject money but if the if the economic situation is bad enough people will continue to save their money and consume far less than they were consuming before. But that's not really what the Fed wants. You see, the Fed wants us to consume more and more and more in order to increase inflation because they believe that as inflation rises, it benefits businesses, it benefits big corporations, and in, a, in, a, in effect, it ultimately, they think, leads to economic growth. This is false. This is not true. This is a lie that they believe. It, it It is false. The only reason they really believe it is because it's politically expedient for them to do so, and it benefits them from a political standpoint than anything else. It also grants them a great amount of power and control over the nation as well. The most powerful people in this country are not actually the politicians that you elect. They're actually the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve and the bureaucratic politicians that ultimately um, are, are not elected and are merely appointed. These are the most powerful political parties, the most powerful politicians, if you will, in the entire, or the most powerful people in the whole world. And don't forget, what is the Federal Reserve? The Federal Reserve is not a government agency. It is actually a private institution, and it is... A board, if you will, of all the major banks. It's a conglomerate. It's a cartel of all the major banks um, that are that exist in the United States, and they all come together and they all control the monetary supply of the nation. Now before you start thinking that we should just, you know, bring the Federal Reserve under more political control, you know, you know, let's strap them with more regulations and let's put more political oversight over them. That's not going to solve the problem. That's only going to make the problem worse because in reality, they already there's already a massive amount of political pressure that's already on them. They're already Their decisions are already motivated by politics. And if you start giving Congress or, or the if you start giving the federal government actual control over the Federal Reserve, it's just going to make matters worse or it's going to do nothing at all. So that isn't going to be the answer. And, and the people that would suggest that are people that I really don't even know why you're here. If you are here and you're here and you think that, why are you even here listening to my show? Politics is never the answer. I've, I hate that idea. Oh, we'll just go out and vote. Oh, we'll just go vote your mind and practice your freedom. No, 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 no. Politics is not the answer. That's not how you solve the problems of today. Okay, you don't solve the problems, but politically. Okay, you don't solve the problems by getting the plebeians by getting the plebs by getting the rubes out there to vote. No, you don't solve the problem by getting people to the voting box and cha- and voting your conscience or voting whatever because 9 times out of 10 the vast majority of people who vote don't even know what they're voting for they de- they don't even know the people it, it, or they don't even know the situations they're totally ill educated or uneducated entirely they are unaware of the real problems in fact i actually don't believe anyone should vote and if if you have any form of democracy and i'm very much against democracy or even a republic i know that in america we don't have a democracy we have a democratically elected republic i'm against republics i'm against democracy i'm against it all guys i'm uh, at the very core of who i am and we're going to get into a little politic little politicking here you know i don't really get into politics a whole lot because in reality i again you don't fix things with politics right so i'm going to express this view I'm fully well aware this view is never going to happen and I'm never going to push for it because quite frankly you don't fix things with politics, right? I don't like democracy, I don't like republics, I don't like like any of it. Anything where other people of the of the community have a say in it? No, I don't like any of that. What I like is monarchy. I'm I, I'm I'm a Christian objectivist. Uh, when it comes, you know, at at the core of who I am, but because I am a Christian, I am inherently a monarchist because I believe that Christ will return and Jesus will come back and he'll be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, right? So he will have a second coming and he will rule over the earth and you will not elect him. Now he will be benevolent, but he will have, he will be an absolute monarchist. He will rule with absolute authority. No one, will question his authority. No one, and but he will be benevolent, perfect, not evil, not corrupt, not in, you know, sinful. It is at that point in time that perfection will actually enter the world for the very first time in human history. Well, actually, no, uh, for the second time in human history, because Jesus, when he was in the world the first time, he was already perfect at that moment. Now, if you're not if you don't get into, you know, religious stuff, if you're not a Christian, that's fine. Whatever. I don't care. Look, it, it, it's part of who I am, okay? I'm a Christian. I always have been. I always will be, all right? That's that's just who I am. But because I am a Christian, I am also a monarchist. I believe in monarchy. Now, a lot there are a lot of Christians like, okay, well, I accept your premise that, yes, Jesus will come back in his second coming, and he will inevitably be the monarch and the king of, of, of kings and of lords and whatnot. He'll rule over the earth. I accept that. But you can't have that with a human king. A human king is not going to be the same situation. He'll be like a dictator. That's not true. It, it, it can happen that a king can become a despot and, and, a, and a, um, a dictator and he could rule very poorly and he can destroy the, his, very, his very nation, you see. But I believe that monarchy is the perfection and the... Oh man, what would be the other way of saying it? Is that really... It's the perfection and the manifestation. There you go. Manifestation of private property and the ownership of private property see the country in effect and everything in it becomes the property of the king and therefore it is his job to ensure that the property that his property and that his country and that his people thrive and yes there were many many poor kings okay it's not a perfect system i i, I fully well aware of that it's not a perfect system But there were many, many, many situations where there were good kings. Generally speaking, when you're doing history classes and stuff, you only ever hear about the very poor kings. You don't hear about how many kings and queens there really were. Guys, there were tons of them. Tons of them. We're not even taught a fraction of how many monarchs actually existed in human history. And on top of that, many of them were very, very good had very good things so anyways I guess what I'm trying to say is that a monarchy is better than a republic it's better than a democracy and and, and there is a dic- uh, there is a huge difference between a dictatorship and a and a monarch a monarch is not driven by an ideal I- a political ideology that, that's no a monarch is driven by the fact of divine rule by divine right, if you will. You know, a royal family, rule by genetics. You know, they were born into the royal family, they're the next successor, they rule. It has nothing to do with politics. They're not, they're not driven by political ideologies like socialism, communism, fascism, or whatever ism, you know. And so that's, that's something to keep in mind. A monarch you know, that's what a dictator is. A dictator is someone who rules with this type of, I I don't even, again, it rules from a political ideology, whereas a monarch does not. Now, is it possible for a monarch to rule with a political ideology? Absolutely it is, and then they could be classified as a dictator, okay? So, I'm not saying that's not impossible. I just think that monarchies allowed the nations to thrive. Look, ask yourself this question, okay? If monarchs were so terrible, and if monarchies resulted in millions upon millions upon millions of people, you know, living in squalor, living in a a class-based society where you can't get out of, again, that was not every single monarchical institution, okay, or whatever, a lot of times, you know, you, you see, there were times where that wasn't the case, that you could be whatever you wanted to be in those nations. You could, you could become wealthy. You could become, you know, a, a prosperous citizen or a prosperous subject of the king. But you had to be willing to work hard. You had many freedoms. Again, most people today have been educated by a republic system or a democratic system. And therefore, because ever since World War I was really the last nail in the coffin for most monarchs, uh, most monarchies and, that are in existence in today, such as Liechtenstein, Monaco, or Monte Carlo by another name. There's a whole host of other monarchs that are, that are out there, by the way. Those are just the two that are, that are off the top of my head. But guys, most monarchs, okay, um, th- they don't exist anymore most of them have ha, are di- dead and the ones that survive any any kind of monarch that's a constitutional monarch i really don't classify them much as a monarch anymore they are more of a republic they're more of a democracy they've got the something to that effect like great britain i know that their monarch is still alive but their monarch is primarily more of a figurehead now, they still have a lot of power in terms of you know, the love of the people and controlling the sentiment of the people. They can, they can sway public opinion and force the parliament and force the politicians to do what they want. But aside from that, they don't have any real power anymore. I'm talking about absolute monarchs, okay? And there are very few of those left. And I've been accused of saying, so you're in favor of dictatorship, of dictators, you're in favor of despots. And really the only answer that I, I mean, a person who's going to say that to me is someone who's already unable to hear what I'm trying to say. So in reality, I would just tell them, yes, I am in favor of that. I'm in favor of an absolute monarch. And, I'm in fi- and if that deteriorates into a dictatorship, that is the risk that we take. But here's the thing. I may sound like an idiot by saying that. I may sound like a, a moron, but do you, are you so arrogant to believe that republics and democracies don't produce dictators? You can have a dictator and a despot in any system. Republics and democracies always deteriorate into dictatorships. They always do. Hands down. You will come to learn this as human history continues to flourish, but this, this has already happened in many nations. It will happen in ours. It will happen everywhere. Republics and dictators, there is only one inevitable outcome. Only one. They will deteriorate into a, mono- a, a, a dictatorship type of system. So those of you who are out there touting republics and democracies and saying that they are superior... You are a fool. You are not a, you you are not a student of history. You you have no I mean clearly you don't understand what's happened in many other nations. Clearly you don't understand what's happened in countries like Venezuela. Clearly you don't see what's happening in, na- in nations like America or the or Europe or even, you know, South America like Brazil. There's they're all over the place. Republics and democracies are not what they appear they make it seem like the people have power and they make it seem like there's no ruling class and there's no rulers but there are there will always be rulers there will always be ruling class the rich will always rule over the poor okay this is a biblical principle you can find it in proverbs the rich will always rule over the poor let that sink in for a minute okay um but seriously guys look monarchies are going to happen I mean, dictatorships, sorry. Dictatorships are going to happen regardless of whatever system there is. There's always going to be the will for that. Because you know why? Ultimately, we are all sinful people. Humans are sinful. And as a result of that, there is, no system is perfect and no system lasts for forever. Okay? So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all what kind of a um, system you have. It will always deteriorate into some form of dictatorship, fascism, whatever. That's just the way that human nature is. Monarchies are no different, but neither are republics or democracies or even a, a, a hybrid system like one that America has, a democratically elected republic. In fact, I believe that democracies and republics are really part of the deterioration the sinful deterioration of humankind. I believe as we get closer and closer to the end times that people will become more and more corrupt, more and more immoral, more and more selfish, self-centered and considerate terrible people. The world will start to to tend towards this. You can kind of see this happening right now. You know, uh politics, self-entitled mentalities, you know, the riots that are happening and how the riots are being justified and not really condemned like they should be tell you what no monarch would ever allow that to happen unless they were operating from some crackhead you know political ideology but the fact of the matter remains is that inevitably okay inevitably Every system has the potential for monarchy. Every system will deteriorate, will break down, and ultimately will crash and burn. That is the nature of every freaking system that exists in our world today. And I'm sorry, that's just the truth. Okay? So anyways, that's kind of where I stand on that. And we could do a, a lot more episodes on it. We can do a ton more. And if you're listening to this, you will absolutely hear me. Um... You know, say that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, the way I uh, and simple rule of thought, if you want to know my opinion on any politician, every politician is a thief. And a crook, they are. And not only that, but they're very inept thieves and crooks. OK, They are good at manipulating the emotions of the populace, and because they are only elected for a short period of time, their primary goal is to fleece the system for as much money and as much power as they possibly can. They're not there for any any long stretch of time, so they have absolutely no incentive to do what is right and what is good for the nation long term because, you know, they're not going to be around long term they can they can institute and create policies that ultimately will destroy the entire nation but who cares because by the time it actually takes effect there's a lag effect with all these these uh regulations and with all these uh monetary policies there's almost always a lag effect and by the time the effect actually comes to fruition they're not going to be in office anymore or they're going to be serving or they're going turn in they're going to be serving on some kind of appointed board on some kind of um you know, political administration or something of that, the, you know, and they're, they're not even going to be in the public eye anymore by that time. No, and when it all comes to fruition, humans forget and we are very, very forgetful. No one will even remember or very few people will even remember that they even you know, put together these types of policies. Guys, a lot of the suffering that is happening in America, a lot of the regulatory burden, the fact that we don't have manufacturing anymore or very little manufacturing in this nation, you know, why is it that Americans are constantly being, um, our jobs are being taken away from immigrants? Well, a lot of that's because Americans have been made very, very expensive by the very government that claims to help us. By the very government that wants to, uh, you know, claim like if if you're from the right wing camp, right? You're from the Republican camp, and and you love Trump, then you think that we need to stop immigrants from coming into the nation. We need to stop giving immigrants our jobs and and stuff like that. That's what that's what you believe, right? Many of them do. It's not per se that they're against immigrants, uh, but in many cases they just don't like the fact that the immigrants are getting the jobs yet the immigrants aren't even citizens in many cases, which I say, Hey, give the job to whoever is qualified for the job. You know, if you're qualified for, if you're the most qualified, then yeah, go for it. And you know, if it means paying more or less, then I don't really care one way or the other. Just give the job to someone who's qualified. They earned it because they're qualified. That's what I believe. Um, if, Americans cannot maintain being competitive against, you know, immigrants, then, hey, sorry, Americans, you need to be, you need to go back and back to the drawing board and uh, effectively become better, you know, learn a new skill, become more valuable. Sorry, you're not going to get a handout just because you're an American citizen. Now, you might say it's not fair that the, that the immigrant was brought here, was given a free education practically, got here on a full ride, and is now working a job and had got through, went through college and has absolutely zero debt. Is it fair? No. I would agree with you. It isn't fair. But you know what I would also say to you? Life isn't fair. It never is. So stop whining, complaining about life not being fair. It's never fair. Never was. When you benefited off of the system, you know what? There was someone who wasn't always. That was always the case. There are always going to be winners and losers. You want to make sure you're a winner? Be better. Learn new skills. Put yourself in the position to to be on top. Become more valuable. But in the end, the main reason why Americans are not being hired today by, you know, uh, the main reason why Americans are so expensive today, is because of the regulations that have been created over decades upon decades that are still sitting around today. Seriously, there are regulations and there are programs that have been created by old presidents that aren't even alive anymore. I mean, you got stuff coming from like, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson. I mean, you, you got, you got, regulations and policies that are in effect and that have been in effect for a long long time for generations now and they just continue to pile up milton friedman talked about this in his free to choose series actually showed stacks of books of what the regulatory burden in america looked like and then and he said at one point in time in history this is all it was it was just a few stacks of books and then he said you want to see what it is today and it's this whole, almost a half circle of books of thousands of pages worth of regula- of regulatory burden. And he basically said the, essentially the same thing, that the regulations continue to climb. You see, the politicians are nothing but thieves and crooks, even the good ones, all right? They are profiting off of American citizens. Taxation is theft, and when you are making money— and your primary purpose is making money via taxpayer dollars, you're stealing money from the American people so you can have a job. You want to tell me that you're not a thief? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't... Here's the funny thing. I don't view everyday people like firefighters and, 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 and cops and people like... I don't view them as thieves. I view the politicians as thieves, even though they both get their money from the same place. Taxpayer dollars. I, I don't know why. Maybe that's an inconsistency in my thought process. Maybe that's just inconsistent of me. But, you know, for to be honest, I don't view everyday people like teachers. I don't view them as thieves. I, you know, I don't. Um, although I don't think they should be paid with taxpayer dollars. You know, but I don't view them as do, they're just doing what they think is in their own self-interest. And that's what everybody else should probably do. Um, but in the end, I mean, you know, it's just a job. They, they don't they don't think of otherwise. So I, I don't view you as a thief if you get paid by taxpayer dollars, but when it comes to politicians, I do. Because the politicians purposefully leech, their goal is to leech as much money and as much power out of the system until their time is done. And if they can, they'll get placed on an appointed position where they virtually serve for life. That would be the ideal situation for most of these politicians. So, you know, Take that for for what it's worth, but that's my view on when when it comes to monarchy, when it comes to politics, when it comes to republics and democracies, and that's my view on a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I I actually didn't really, I mean, it's like 28 minutes into the episode, I didn't really actually intend to talk about that. I intended to talk about the banking, about the financial crisis. You know, so that being said, though, guys, the fact remains, ladies and gentlemen, that Monarchy, in my opinion, is is a system where most people would thrive in and that in reality, the, the prosperity of the world has happened in spite of democracy and republics, not because of democracy and republics. And a lot of people, again, if you have grown up in a democracy or a republic, you believe that because you've been taught to believe, because you've been indoctrinated to believe this, you have been lied to in effect, but you believe the lie that the prosperity is because of democracies and republics, and that is not the case. That is a lie. There's a bald-faced lie. In my opinion, and, I, and this is just my opinion, and I, I believe that democracies and republics are actually a, a drag on economic growth. I believe that they are a drag on the overarching system. And they don't necessarily always have to be, but I believe in most cases they end up becoming that way. Because ultimately they serve the whims of the plebs, of the rubes, of the commoners, the uneducated. I know that's highly offensive to many people. That's highly offensive. I don't care. I really don't care. That's the truth. There are always going to be commoners. There are always going to be people out there who are highly educated and wealthy, and there are always going to be people out there who just aren't. Now, now, now. Here's one benefit. You know, you know, there are there are many people. Well, see, and that's another thing. I was about to say that you know, during in monarchical systems, largely you didn't see a middle class. But that's not true. Maybe in some that was true, but that was not true for every single monarchical system that was around. That simply is not true. It's not accurate. There were middle class uh, there was a middle class society in many of those places. The middle class was largely a result of the the freedoms, the the the, the social freedoms and the economic freedoms and religious freedoms of many of the uh, subjects. So you know uh, and in reality the more social and economic freedoms you possess, the more the easier it is for the middle class to exist. okay so an- anyways, I guess. Just, try, just trying to say that, guys. Ultimately, look, I believe that, de- that monarchy allows people and systems to thrive. It's the most efficient system. They don't serve the people. They don't serve the, the mob, if you will. They don't serve them. They serve themselves. And you know what's beneficial for themselves? To have a, a thriving and prosperous society and a prosperous nation, a prosperous country. That And largely, now, yes, there were kings and queens that had taxes, but not every king and queen, not every monarchical family, not every monarchical system had taxation. And in effect, right now, the system is being run by bankers. The Federal Reserve, I just said it, the most powerful people are the banks in today's culture. You know, if you want to read any kind of evidence of of the rise of the power of banking and banking royalty, look no further than Italy and the Medici. The Medici were some, were one of I don't think that they were the first, but they were one of the most powerful banking families of their time. They were in effect royalty. They controlled the banks and their power in many ways challenged that of monarchs so right now i mean we're being ruled today by politicians by captains of industry because they lobby with politicians to control regulations that that determines the outcome and the the prosperity of certain industries and then on top of all that you know we're also being ruled by the banking system the banks love democracy and republics because they can twist it and contort it and ultimately control it. They hate monarchs because monarchs, honestly, thrive off their own wealth. Monarchs thrive and live off their own wealth. And if they created the wealth, then get this, they can't be controlled. And that's why they don't like them. That's why the banking system. That's why people, that's why monarchs are not desirable to banks. They're not desirable to, you know, politicians because you see their wealth that comes from you and me. They steal it from us. Monarchs that didn't steal via taxation, they ruled via their own wealth. And you know what? I'd much rather have a monarchical system where, uh, you had children that ultimately were raised to rule a country, so they were educated from day one to ha- how to manage and how to rule a nation. I'd much rather that than some schmuck politician who comes up here and says, oh, yeah, well, I was, I had these businesses. None of them were very successful, and I think you should hire me because I want to give more money. I want to fleece the rest of the nation. Uh, I want to steal from, every, from everybody else and ultimately... I want to steal money from the rich and the wealthy, and I want to give it to everyone and redistribute it and have a, redistribute, a wealth redistribution program. And, um, okay, I want to steal money. Yeah, well, you steal money from everybody else, you're preventing jobs from the rich and the wealthy, then what, what's going to happen with the jobs? You see rich and wealthy people tend to provide value, and then they give jobs to people right? Because, they're, because they become wealthy, because they become successful, because of the value they have provided to people. So that you know what they do? They give jobs. They start hiring people. See what happens when you start stealing their money. See what happens when you start stealing the bulk of their wealth. You know where your jobs are going to go? Yeah, they're going to be non-existent. They're going to go overseas. They ain't going to give them to you. And quite frankly, you don't deserve them. You know why? Because if you support that kind of stuff, you know, universal basic income, free crap, wealth redistribution, you are the problem. You are. Your mentality, your mind, you are the problem. You cause all this crap from, to happen. You contribute to it. You vote for these, these, these thieves, these, these horrible people, you are the problem. You contribute to it. You're part of it. You're a pleb you're a rube. You have no right to be voting. You have no right whatsoever to have any effect on the, on, on the, the system and the, the outcome of this nation because you are uneducated. You don't even know the way the, wor- the, the, the world works. Why should anyone listen to you? Now, I know many of you who are here, you, you are not that type, that person that I just described. That's not you. Right, If you are here listening to me today, that is not you because you don't vote for socialist systems. You don't vote for, you know, hopefully you don't vote at all. But if you do vote, you know, and hopefully I'm going to change your mind there. You see, look, I, I, come, I, I make no bones about it. I am very, very biased. That's the fact. I am very biased, and I'm not trying to be non-biased here. No, I have a certain set of way of thinking. I have a certain set of opinions. And if you're listening to this show, my goal is to try to get you to come on board and ultimately to become more like me. That's my goal. But you see, I believe that if you come on board, you're going to live a life that others envy. I believe that if you do the things that I, I say that we should all do, then you will live a life that others envy, and it, it will ultimately benefit you to do so. Okay? I am absolutely biased, and I don't even hide from it. But here's the thing. So what I just described to you is my political opinions, all right? This is why I don't vote. I don't, I, I don't engage in the republic or the, the voting process. The voting process is a democratic one. I don't believe in democracy, therefore I don't vote. I also don't believe... That The main reason why I don't vote is because I don't believe that it really has any real effect on my life. I believe that voting is merely a, a trick. It's merely a, a, fo- a false sense of power and control that we have. And in reality, that we don't have any power and control, but it makes us feel like we do. It gives us a false sense of power and control and a false sense of freedom. But in reality, it's nothing more than a trick. It's nothing more than a game. It's nothing more than a lie. To make us feel like we have that. Because if we didn't, then we'd be angry, then we'd be rioting, then we would be, um, you know, revolution and stuff like that, right? That's probably what would happen. Um, even though revolutions largely don't turn out beneficial, they don't turn out any better than what the system usually is, but they, well, that sometimes. It kind of depends on the situation. Uh, certainly, France didn't turn out any better. You know, they, they revolted against the monarch, and then guess where they ended up landing right back in a the monarchy? They should have just stayed. They should have just—ultimately, I think that the—granted, uh, they had a lot of things to be mad about. Many of the monarchs, uh, in effect, taxed the people. And Well, in effect, their war, their constant wars and lavish living destroyed a- a- the nation, and and really, they mistreated the nation. So, the actual result of that, what happens to monarchs? What do you do to a monarch who's, you know, being a, a, a dick— and ultimately managing everything poorly, you bring in another monarch and you have them ousted. That's usually what you do. That's, that's historically what was done. That was done many times, tons of times. You look back in human history, when there was a monarch that people didn't like, they brought in another monarch from another nation and they said, we like you better. Come in. We'll let you come in. You take over and this was usually done by the nobility, right? This was usually done by the aristocracy, you know, the, the aristocracy. They would be like, you know what? We're being treated miserably by this guy. He's, he's ripping us off. He's taking our money. He's taking our power and our land. And we are tiny little kings and queens in our own, in our own right. And uh, yeah, we don't like it. So you know what? We're going to bring in a better king. And that's what would happen. That's usually what would happen. It would result in wars, absolutely. And wars are devastating and wars are destructive. Uh, They were less devastating at that time, but they were still very much devastating. You know, they didn't have bombs. (laughs) They didn't have guns. So they were definitely devastating, uh, more so devastating at that time. But yeah, it would result in wars. And that is effectively what you would do. Or you would just leave that nation. You would leave that that country. And you would go to a country where there is a monarch who actually respected and valued his subjects. And valued the freedoms and the and the right and the wealth of the subjects. I'm not even going to say rights because in reality, the in, in monarchical societies, you didn't really have much in the way of. Well, actually, that's not necessarily true. There were monarchs who actually did give it to their citizens rights, but it wasn't a it wasn't anything you voted on. It was just the rights that they were willing to give you, and their nations prospered as a result of that. But look, anyways. Alright, so here, you know, I'm gonna actually do something here. You know, I don't benefit in any which way, shape, or form from sending you guys this place, but if you're more inch if you're interested in monarchy, if you're interested in what kind of heavily influenced my way of thinking. First and foremost, I read or am currently reading, Democracy The God That Failed by Hans Hermann Hoppe. So that was the first, you know, influential part of, of why I, I believe what I believe. But on top of that, I also found this this blog spot. Called MadMonarchistBlogspot.com. I'll put it in the description below for those of you guys who are interested in reading this um, and whatnot. It's not really an article. It'll it'll be listed under the article section of the podcast, but it's not actually. um, Which for those of you who don't know, most of the time if I have no articles or websites to send you to, I keep that section. I I'll just totally delete it. But every now and then, if I'm actually quoting from certain articles, if I'm actually getting information from certain places, I will have a today's list of articles and I'll. I'll post them in there in case you're interested in reading those. So that's where you know where I'm getting my stuff from and you guys have the ability to ultimately, you know, get it from there too. But the themadmonarchist.blogspot.com. Go check him out. He is uh, not posting. The guy who was there, the Mad Monarchist, you never really knew his name, but he stopped posting March 28, 2018. He hasn't posted it ever since then. He kind of uh, wrapped it up and he just stopped you know, posting and whatnot. It's a real shame because he really did give an amazing historical overview of monarchy, and 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 ultimately, yes, there were bad monarchs and stuff. But he was really um. He gave a very good historical overview of monarchy, and he talked about lots of different monarchs and stuff, and it was really cool. It really was. But he also had his opinions in there about why he believed monarchy was superior to democracy and things of that nature. I think, like me, he read Democracy, the God that Failed, and then very quickly fell out of love with with democracy and and republics and things of that nature, so that stated if you're interested in reading more about this you know go ahead and go check them out I really think that you will enjoy some of, if you if you're interested in this whole idea look if, if the many of you you're going to hear me say I'm a monarchist some of you are going to turn the podcast off you're not going to listen to it at all because I'm a, I'm a nut job that's what you guys are going to think some of you are, are thinking oh that's an interesting idea I never actually considered monarchy you know what does this guy have to say There, of course, is going to be a spectrum anywhere in between there. Uh, Some of you will be totally in favor. Some of you will totally 100% agree, and some of you won't. But the point is, is that in the end, you know, this is my show, okay? You don't pay me to be here, right? I'm not being paid to be here. And if you don't like it, you don't have to be here, you know? you know, No one's pointing a gun to your head. But that being said, guys, look, th- this, this episode is already 15 minutes over. Uh, we got to end it here. But, guys, it, it's been great. I really do enjoy coming to you guys each and every day. I want to thank you uh, for coming and ultimately just for you know, being part of what I'm doing here and coming and supporting me. If you guys come here every single day, you are supporting me and I, I greatly appreciate that. You know, if you are interested in learning more and more about this and actually joining my community, go head over to my locals account. I'll list the description in the in in the links below or I'll list the links in the description below and yeah check out my stuff join the community I got five people in there currently I'd like to get more so if you want if you want to do that then go there I post all of my podcast episodes there and on top of that, I'm even considering making it my hub of Matthew Spazitti. So, you know, podcast episodes and trading videos and a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm thinking of just posting everything there. I don't know. I might separate it from Matthew Spazitti and then I might actually turn it into like, you know, create another one called the Matthew Spazitti program. I'm not really sure. But, um, but yeah, if you want to join the community, head over there, get, get started, start joining. It's free to join. So go over there and, uh, yeah, be, be part of that. So so that being said, guys, look, all in all, if you guys, you know, I understand this stuff isn't going to actually happen, okay? I'm fully well aware that Monarchy is probably not coming back. Uh, well, I don't know. I think that it could I think there is a chance that it could come back at some point, but it's not coming back anytime soon. You know, so I wanted to. So, what can we do? If you are in favor of this idea, look, I don't believe that we fix things politically. I think that we fix things via ourselves. And the way we do that is we become financially free. We take control over the source of our income and we become financially free. That's what we do. That is exactly what we do. So, guys, it, you know, in all honesty, I want you to understand that. So uh, uh, that we, we we need to create our own little kingdoms. If, if you are a monarchical type of person, if you're not whatever, I believe that we need to create our own kingdoms. I think that we need to ultimately, you know create our own empires, our own individual companies, our, and we need to control the wealth. We need I mean, that's how wealth and power has always existed. And I believe that if you are a good person, that you should be try to become as wealthy and as powerful as you possibly can. Not to lust after power, not to lust after wealth, but I think that you should strive to become, you know, wealthy and powerful. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't. And guys, that's how historically how power and wealth has always acted is that you became wealthy and powerful by controlling the sources of your income. That's how monarchs did it. That's how I think all of us should do it. And that's how you become truly free. You see, if you control your own wealth, much like how the banks and you know, normal political systems don't like monarchs today, the reason is because they controlled their own wealth. They were wealthy, and as a result of that, in effect, they could not be controlled. They controlled the source of their income, right? If you do the same thing, you will have very similar freedoms. You don't like something? Move. Go to a different country. If you don't like the way your nation is, then get up, then make money, turn it into mobile income, get up and move. It's literally that simple. So that being said, guys, you know, if you want to become financially free and you don't want to sell anything to anybody, then head over to tier1trading.com. They are absolutely amazing. They will teach you how to trade Forex. I know that seems kind of like a, a last minute thing, like what, we're, 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 when was he ever talking about Forex? Look, I always talk about Forex trading. Because it's one of the best ways to become financially free. You don't have to sell anything to anybody. All you have to do is learn how to put your money in the market and take out more than what you put in. You're going to put in the money to the market because you're going to lose money. But if you can learn how to statistically take out more than you put in, then you're going to become very wealthy, okay? That is controlling the source of your income. Not only that, but it teaches you a skill that you can go off and you can teach other people, and that skill is highly valuable. One of the reasons that trading is so highly valuable and why people value it so much is because people hate selling. People don't like that. So if you don't want to become, you know, if you don't want to sell and you don't want to uh, have to deal with customers and clients, then, you know, hey, trading is one of the best ways to do it it really is. So learn how to become a trader, learn how to trade Forex, and guys, you can become very wealthy by doing this. So that said, guys, head over to tier1trading.com. I will put the link in the description below. As I always do, they are an affiliate program of mine, so if you do decide to get involved there uh, and you do decide to buy stuff, just know that I will receive compensation for that and you will be supporting the show. So if you want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. Um, Another thing, guys, look, Controlling the source of our income requires, in many cases, if you're gonna be selling courses online, which is, you know, becoming an information business, you know, I think that's one of the best ways to do it. It's one of the best return on investments you'll ever see in this entire world. It requires very little startup costs. You can practically do most of it for free. I'm not gonna say the whole thing for free because but you get pretty darn close to getting to do to starting off almost entirely for free. I mean, when it comes to podcasting, you can do that for free. I use Podbean, and Podbean doesn't actually do it for free, but Podbean is very good, and I do very much like Podbean. But that said, guys, look, hey, if you're going to teach other people a skill, look, odds are you've got a skill that you have spent years developing, and there are odds are there are people who want to learn that skill. So you could certainly go out there, you could certainly teach people that skill, and it's really not that difficult to get started, you know, you just got to take action and do it. And guys, if you're interested in doing that, then hey, check out Jason Stapleton's iconic personal brand mastery course. This is an amazing course. It will teach you how to develop your personal brand. It will teach you how to develop that, and basically how to sell stuff without actually selling. How to get people come, coming to you saying, "I want your product," without having to go to them and doing us having a sales pitch. It's amazing. It's really good. So go check that out. And on top of that, hey, if you're in the position where you don't really know what you want to do, you don't really want to do Forex trading, sounds too hard. You want to build your business up, but you just don't feel like you have a skill, then hey, go check out Skillshare. Guys, Skillshare is an amazing, amazing, amazing platform. They will teach you all kinds of stuff. They've got hundreds of hundreds of courses on there. You know, in reality, guys, I've used Skillshare for all kinds of stuff. Email marketing, a sales copy, YouTube ads, how to write blogs, I've used it for videography. I've done videography courses on there. I've used it for website design. I mean, I've just I've 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 done tons of courses on Skillshare. They're really really great, guys, and I would highly 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 recommend them to anyone who's interested in learning a new skill. You can learn all kinds of great and wonderful skills. Heck, there might even be skills on there with regards to trading and investing. I'll be honest, I don't know. I haven't actually tried that, but there probably are. And guys, look, in the end, it's only like $100 for an entire year. And in most cases, they'll even give you a month for free. It's really cheap. It's not that that expensive. And it's really good. So if you guys are interested in that, go check that out. And um, yeah, that's going to wrap up the show for today. Thank you for allowing me to go through my affiliate programs. And uh, if you want to support me, it's a great way to support me. We're also going to be developing a, like a private member's you know, group and stuff here, um, at some point in time, you know, when, as the show continues to get more and more popular and it'll be like five, ten bucks a month. And you, you'll have access to me. You'll have access to my private client group, uh, where basically we just talk about whatever we want and, um, you can share your opinions and stuff of that nature. And you will probably get some kind of exclusive content or something of that nature. It, it should be pretty cool. I, I'm actually really looking forward to doing it, but, uh, so we will also be having something like that, in the near future so that being said guys hey i really appreciate you guys being here thank you so much and i hey if you liked it make sure to like the video uh we're on whatever platform you are make sure to like it make sure to share to follow me Whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you know, wherever, make sure to follow me. And then also, if you guys really like this, and hey, do me a favor, and if you guys really believe in this message of financial freedom and personal empowerment, and ultimately taking control of the source of your income and your destiny and future, then share, please share the show. Consider sharing it. I know that that's asking a lot, but if you have stuff that you like, you know, odds are if you like it, then other people are going to like it. And so I would really just ask you to share it, you know, pump it out there on social media, pump it out there to, you know, select friends or, you know, just literally, if you're on Facebook, just share the show, you know, share to show the show on Facebook, you know, wherever YouTube, you got a YouTube channel, just wherever you are, please consider sharing the show. And uh, if you guys, if you guys will do that, I'll, I'll be greatly greatly appreciative of it. You know, I would like to grow this idea, you know, this higher calling of financial freedom to as many people that as we can get to listen, because I think it really really would improve a lot of people's lives. I know it's improved mine. It's providing me purpose at times when I didn't have any purpose. For a long time, you know, going through college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have any purpose in my life. I was very directionless, and it was really, really sad, and I just, it it messed with me, my mind in one. I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life for years. It took me almost 10 years to get through college because I honestly, I took a lot of uh, breaks in, in the middle there. But on top of that, you know, there were just times when I would try certain degrees, certain careers didn't work out. I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt very directionless. I got involved in gaming and the addiction of thereof of gaming and whatnot. And, you know, I got involved in a whole bunch of stuff and I just felt I I overate. My my health was not good. And ever since I started doing all this, I have purpose now. I have direction. I know what I'm shooting for. And my health is starting to improve. I've all but practically stopped gaming. I play some casual games here and there, but nothing too intense. In fact, I just gave up another game because um, in reality, it just... I was playing this game called Rise of Kingdoms, and I was starting to get addicted to it. I was spending money on it. it was, I was staying up late, so I wasn't waking up early to uh, work on my business or anything else, and it was it was hard. So, you know, in reality, guys, I just wanted to talk to you guys about that, and I just you know just want to mention. Look, the reason that I was playing Rise of Kingdoms was not because I was directionless. The reason I was playing Rise of Kingdoms was because you know, I have feelings of inadequacy, you know, we, all, we always have those feelings and emotions and whatnot, and, you know, for me, I, I struggle with that, I feel, I feel inadequate about a lot of stuff in my life, um, m- most of it is, is not real, but it, it, it is in my head, and I have a hard time, and I feel like I haven't accomplished much, and, and of course I have accomplished a fair amount, but, you know, I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish yet. And as a result, it makes me feel a little depressed. And how I get to, how I handle that is usually with, through video games, overeating, and things of that nature. So, you know, in the end, I had to cut the video game out. It was getting in the way of my dreams and my goals and, and, my, and my aspirations and things of that nature. So I, I decided to cut it out. And, uh, you know, um, I'm going to be better off for it. I'm going to definitely be better off for it. But that said, guys, having purpose really has truly helped me. It's truly helped me in a lot of areas of my life. And if, you, if you're lacking that, then I would highly recommend that you find some. And I, if you need one, do this. Do what I'm doing. Try to become financially free. Take control of the source of your income. It really, really, really will help. At least it helped me. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, if you liked this, then, uh, yeah, hit the like button. Make sure to share it. And if you do all that for me, I'll see you guys in the next episode. As always, know the risks, plan accordingly, and have a great day.